How's it going there, everybody? And welcome to episode 161 of Master My Garden podcast. Now, this week's episode is a very exciting one, actually. So I'm talking to Ingrid Smith from Ingrid Smith Garden Designs, and she's a member of the GLDA. And we'll hear all about what the GLDA is in a minute. We've spoke about it on, I suppose, numerous occasions at this stage on the podcast. But what we're talking about this week is their seminar. So I think I'm right in saying they're back live this year for the first time. I know it has been mm-hmm. online for a couple of years. Yeah. And in Ireland, this seminar would be really well, you know, received and always people look forward to it and anticipate it coming up. So this one is going to be especially exciting because it's the first in-person one, you know, I suppose post-COVID. And the theme of it is letting nature in. So it's a very interesting topic as well. So we're going to chat all about that. So, Ingrid, you're very, very welcome to Master My Garden Podcast. Thanks, John. Nice to talk to you. Are you well? Not a bother. All good. Good. So, yeah, as I say, this one is is going to be, well, I know a lot of people are looking forward to it because yeah. I think I'm right in saying it's the first in-person seminar since COVID hit a couple of years ago. I know you've had them online. Yeah. Yeah, um, we, we, we kept the slot um, and we felt that even despite the restrictions during COVID that we really need to keep it going. Um, So we, we, we did a live stream seminar the last couple of years and we were nearly going live again last, last year, but then we had to pull the plug unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So really excited to get back in the room again um, this year into the Crown Plaza out in Santry. Brilliant. and I'd encourage everybody just to take a day for yourself. Um, even before I joined the GLDA, um, there's a tendency for people to go, oh, gee, I'm not going to spend the whole day. And, you know, but I would have gotten myself a ticket and taken myself off and not known anybody. And this is before I got my accreditation as a, as a full, full GLDA designer. And I think it might, the first time I went, I think it took me three days to disseminate what I'd heard yeah. and who I'd met and the concepts and the visuals. And like, you never stop learning, but the sheer, the sheer wealth of information that I received. And I, I kind of think it's almost like give your brain a day and feed it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're not there, you'll be in trouble as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get into the conference yeah. or the, the seminar, um, just take a step back. I, I know we've spoken about it a few times on the podcast, yeah. but tell us about the GLDA. So it's the it's the Garden and Landscape Design Association of Ireland, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just t- tell us about, you know, the structure of the group, me- number of members and how it works and all the rest of it. And That'll set the tone, I suppose, for people listening yeah. as to what the, the seminar then will be about. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Um, so the GLDA is um, is a, the professional body that represents uh, professional garden and landscape designers. Um, we have a number of objectives, and the objectives of the association are to set standards for professional garden and landscape design, mm-hmm. to raise public awareness of the services our designers and landscape architects provide to the public. We promote them on our website and and through our social media channels and through Compass Magazine and our newsletter, et cetera. So raise public awareness. So 
if you're not sure what to expect from a garden and a landscape design service, the website will explain that to you. So if you're if you're not sure, the same way with the RIAI, if you're if you want to engage an architect, you'd you'd engage with their professional association. So it's it's the gardening and landscape designers equivalent. Um, we also have a remit to foster talent. And, and how we foster talent is through our student competition. We try and, you know, get people who are coming out of college um, and engage with them um, through our competition and to encourage people who are maybe coming into the industry and advising them as well. So it's to give them a bit of support. Also, I find that being a garden designer can be a bit lonely. So... Like it is a network of support from your with your fellow garden and landscape designers. So yeah. if, if you feel you need a bit of support about, I'm looking for a fabricator. I need to find a wild, a wild seed mix. I need. To, we're there to help because yeah. it can be a lonely industry. Um, and then it's also about education. So the. The thing I love about this industry is you can never know everything, but you also need to continue do CPDs and continue your professional development and your education. So we would provide education on various topics, anything from green roofs to suds to special soil mixes to how to make a planning application. And that's for our members. We provide them with CPDs uh, and we also disseminate information from the industry about products etc and we do that through our newsletter through compass magazine i don't know if you've got your issue of compass magazine that comes out twice a year um, i've seen it but i haven't i haven't i've seen it before but i haven't uh, had one recently no, no. Oh, we'll have to get you a copy of that <laughs> um, and then through our seminar so our seminar is the the day that we have four or five speakers from any part of the world um, talking on a particular topic in a hotel for one day. Um, um, yeah, our seminar is our main revenue stream as well. So just put a bit of context to it. Our association is um, voluntarily run. Mm -hmm. And in order to run a voluntary organization, you need an administrator, you need insurance, you need to host a website. Uh, you need all that bits. Yeah, Blue yeah. tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to be charging your members loads of money to do that, to provide the support that's needed. So our seminar and our sponsors, our supporters of the seminar, um, help to cover the costs of running our association as well and fulfilling our objectives as well. So it's twofold. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. A nice introduction to, to the GLDA. And I suppose, yeah, it, it makes sense that, you know, if if you're looking at or considering a landscape architect or designer, that, you know, you you, you work through the, the GLDA website and then find the designer. Obviously, different people, different styles. Yeah. That's another good part of having a community because you'll have, you know, certain styles and trends that people work with or uh, a team that someone you know tends to work with and and you'll find yeah. variances there so that's always good yeah. um and just before we get into this so this year's seminar is letting nature in the team so every seminar that you've done 
has a team, an overriding yeah. team, and then the speakers are are sort of chosen and handpicked to suit that team. Yeah. The process of choosing a team, how how does that come about? Just out of interest. Um, oh, we are a bunch of geeks, really. The lot of us. <laughs> um, the, 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 we have a series of subcommittees within the council. It's the only way to get a job done. So we have a seminar committee. Uh, and we have some of the directors of the association. So we try and build on a theme. We try and make it relevant. Um, and then the seminar team theme team <laughs> would work on the theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our seminar team would have fleshed it out uh, and bounced it backwards and forwards. So they would have done a lot of the, the heavy lifting on it. Mm-hmm. And they would all be very knowledgeable within the industry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they'd geek it out amongst them. And we'd give it a yay or an a. Um So, for example, last year's theme was all about trees. Yeah. And they brought it to a council meeting and said, for last year, we're going to talk about trees. And everybody was kind of, hmm, okay. And then once we actually started talking about it, everybody got really excited about it um, uh, because there's so much in it and it's so on topic, um, particularly for the island of Ireland. So then this year needs to be, can't just be random. You need to build on the themes that you've had in the past. This year is building on last year. And the previous year would have built on that as well. The previous year... I think for memory was about um, how we green we were better greening our cities, turning okay. the green to grey or the grey to green. Yeah. Um, so it's building on a theme. Okay, and just to to flesh it out a little bit, last year's one was on trees. So mm-hmm. how did that how did that topic and how did that seminar? What was the you know what areas? I know it's it's a year ago now, but. Um, was there areas that you specifically went into? Like, obviously, here in Ireland, I would say that we have lost, and I know we spoke a little bit off here, but lost a lot of our, you know, big deciduous forests over the years. Uh, that's that's well documented. There's lots of bodies now trying to reforest parts of Ireland. And certainly when you look to, you know, when you look to our nearest neighbours, the UK, they have large-scale deciduous forests, but we seem to have lost that a little bit here. So was that kind of the theme of when you were... Well, see, they were international speakers. So they, were, they would have been speaking from a scientific view of what they found in their country. Okay. So you, you wouldn't really have, a, have a, a seminar that was, you know, bashing what we were doing here. Mm-hmm. It was more about experiences of people in in other countries and in other parts of the world about how they've used trees and or maybe the science behind what they've found about changes in temperature, for example, how trees yeah. march further north and further south. Mm-hmm. Um, what was interesting about last year, I felt, was that, and it's quite controversial, is the, is the native tree title. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a planning application, for example, for a local authority, you're encouraged to put in native hedgerows. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's native and naturalized trees that you're encouraged to use. But then is it, is it really prudent to 
put in a load of ash, for example, when they're going to be more susceptible and our our climate has changed and maybe we should be more open-minded to well-behaved trees that maybe are going to be adapting better to our changing climate. So it was kind of the uncomfortable topics of maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should be a bit more open-minded to non-native trees. I found that was interesting. Okay. Long-term, the gene pool, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there was also the science of how trees moved up and down the planet and what we should be putting in in, in our in our band, our, our weather band. Um, so yeah, it was very interesting. And, and it wasn't just the mitigation of climate change through having more trees. It was actually we kind of went in quite deep on the science of it, which was really interesting. Um but it was still done in such a way that it wasn't going over your head. There was also a body of information that we released afterwards if anybody was interested to do a deep dive on it. Um, so there was good scientific information available if you did want to delve in further. What was nice as well um, in in the, the last couple of years is that we're, we're getting more involved with local authorities when it comes to being involved in a seminar. Um, We've had Dublin City Council. This year we'll have Daenerys Rathdown County Council. Um, And I'm finding that, and it's something that I'm quite passionate about, it's a small island and it's a small industry and we should be collaborating more and sharing more information um, because it's the only way you're going to get ahead instead of circling the wagons around your bit of the industry. Um, so it really heartened me that the local authorities, they're all really enthusiastic about talking about their projects. And we were really enthusiastic about hearing what they had to say about their tree planting in the cities and about their greening initiatives. And they should be applauded for it. Um, but it's very much getting more collaborative, I think, is the future in terms of how we're going to deal with a lot of the issues that are arising as a result of biodiversity loss and climate change. Yeah, uh, that, that all makes perfect sense. And I suppose that does, there's a few elements of that that you can see what you were talking about, the linking of last year's and previous yeah. years to this year, because this year's topic, as we said, is letting nature in. And it's, it's so you're garden designers by nature. Mm. Um, and I'm sure you all have, you know, different styles, as I said earlier. Um, but letting it nature in is a sort of a softening of the the design element, I suppose, to bring more natural aspects in. And yeah. your speak your speakers are really interesting. And again, mm. some of some of the speakers, I guess, you know, will will make for uncomfortable conversations, but conversations that will ultimately over time lead to, I think, better design choices and better planning choices around around gardens. So maybe let's let's delve into the actual seminar and the speakers a little bit now. Yeah, well, without a doubt. So like you were saying, it's letting nature in. It's listening to the rhythm of nature. So um, it's it's taking the time to look at a site and not impose impose upon the site. Um, so imposing being building walls around it taking all the paving out, paving over it would be the extreme, blocking out the views, 
putting up the pleached trees. That's all quite, you know, an impersonal kind of a, um, a, you know, it's almost like a post-apocalyptic mentality. That's my, that's my border. It's, it's giving, it's giving nature a chance to come back into a garden and imposing less order on it. Um, For example, when the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan came out, just as a little microcosm of it, um, and they introduced this, you know, the the grass verges, don't mow the grass verges, let them go wild. It took a long time and a very clever initiative to get that over the line. Mm -hmm. And the way they got that over the line was... Um, they they produced a cost benefit for if you mow less, it's going to cost you less. And here's a template for a sign to say we're improving the pollinators. Mm-hmm. And it was done in such a way that the public were able to accept it. Mm-hmm. What we're dealing with here is that we as garden and landscape designers and industry people need to react to letting nature back in again. And how do we do that? We need to loosen up. We need to stop cutting the grass verges yeah. in a bigger context, if you know what I mean. Um, so we've got four amazing speakers this year, which I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, Mary Reynolds is probably um, Ireland's greatest advocate for allowing nature and its wonders and over-preened manicure gardens, putting that to the back and rewilding. Mm-hmm. And that rewilding being fundamental to the survival of the planet. And I think that is probably what you're referring to. That may be uncomfortable for people to hear, but it has to be said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose it, it's interesting because, like, you're going to have garden designers here who have mm. worked in a certain way over the last 10, 15 years. And while certainly things like the All Ireland Pollinator Plan and, and you know projects like that over the last three, four, five years have, I suppose, changed things. And you can see it in the style of gardens as well. Like there's a lot more natural planting, pollinator yeah. friendly. You know, there's a lot of that coming in now. You can see that over the last mm-hmm. five, five, six years anyway. Um, but this is, this is, I suppose, opening the mind to even a, a deeper conversation of letting yeah. nature come further in. And I mm-hmm. think that's a brave decision and, and a brave decision from a garden design association and from garden designers it's a very brave decision um, but it's also probably one that is going to over time allow new thinking co- to come in and yeah. and inevitably new type designs and new type concepts will come true off the back of that so I think it should yeah. be applauded while parts of it might be uncomfortable initially I think yeah yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I can say uncomfortable things to people as well. <laughs> We're all good at, you know, and if you feel strongly about it, I think it needs to be said. And not just Mary, we've also got Randall Plunkett as well, Lord um, Dunsany, the yep. metal baron, as he likes to be referred. Um, he, he's been saying uncomfortable things and doing uncomfortable things in his estate and got a backlash as a result of the rewilding. Dying to listen to him, 700 acres now, slightly bigger than my city centre, her um, um, garden. Um, 
But he's made a huge difference to what he's done. He, he'll be speaking as well on the day. So I, I think it's the, the theme is, is going to be fleshed out from real life experience as opposed to, you know, just a, a smaller scale. But we need, to, we need to think about smaller scale as well um, for us as designers. Um, we've also then got Barry Kavanagh as well. Um, is a, a natural landscape designer. So he's embracing the principles on a daily basis within his practice. And um, he has Nature's Patch, a yeah. network to promote environmental awareness and nature's sensitive landscape design amongst community groups. Um, so, I mean, completely on topic. And then I'm going to get into trouble for pronouncing this wrong. Do you want to try it? Tanya. Tanya Suono. Suono. You're practically fluent in Finnish. I don't know. I mean, I'm having practice. I'll have it. I'll have it right on the day. Well, that's the main thing. I, I, like it's it's a super a super list of speakers. In fairness, Um, yeah. And like, even to just to go back to Randall for a second, I'm aware of what he has done just from reading articles on him and so on. But I am very aware of of the estate itself because in back in the 90s when I went to Warrenstown, Warrenstown actually joins uh, in part that estate. And at the time we would have, you know, went down. I don't think we were always supposed to, but we would have went down there and had a look and it was a it was a vast estate. And those estates are, and, and estates like that are Typically, there, there's enterprises, farm enterprises, and other enterprises running on them. So certainly, what he has done there is going against the, I suppose, the trend for, for that type of an estate. So yeah. it is it's 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 again challenging mindsets uh, mm. a little bit. What he has done. So I think the theme is good here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not I'm not aware of of um tayana's work to be fair so it'll be interesting to see that and hear that but um she, she has she has a lot of qualifications now she she's an environmental biologist she's a chelsea flower show landscape designer she's a horticulturist what else is she and she's apparently lovely <laughs> <laughs> and within within the, the conference then letting nature in our are the guest speakers telling their own stories or are they covering a specific element? Um, they, they would need to broadly stick with, with the topic and the theme because it would be just a bit random otherwise. So we, yeah. we, we try and there, there's room within um, within everybody's talk, which is they're usually about 40 minutes. Um, there's room within that to obviously stick with your 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 chosen um series area of expertise mm-hmm. but yeah it's mostly around the theme and it needs to be around the theme to keep it focused because it'd be just too disjointed otherwise um and then we'd also have um we we'd have there's a lot of stuff that happens during the day as well. So we have product sponsors, we have enrich you probably spoken I don't know if you've spoken to yeah, did, yeah. Like um, early in the time I did, yeah. Yeah, so actually they're doing a special soil mix, I think, for one of the speakers' gardens. I wanna I won't say who, just in case I have it wrong. So there, there's a bit of cross-pollination there. Yeah. Um see what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> um 
There's also Dunleary, Brackdown are getting up to talk about um, their initiatives, which they're doing some great work. Um, we've obviously got our product sponsor who's Board B and they'll be talking about some of the work that they're doing. But also on topic as well are all our stands. So we have product sponsors as well. So I know I was listening to Paul Smith talk on your last show and he was talking about the uh, connected to nature people that did the wildflower mix for his meadow. So they'll be there talking about in the stand area and we'll have the gutter bookshop and Mary's book will be there, which I'm looking forward to getting a hold of. Um, There'll also be controversially some products that may not be perceived as being environmental, but they can only bring anything that has a new environmental initiative. So we've asked suppliers who are working on their greener strategies to put their best foot forward at this, because it's important to know the products still are used in the creation of a garden. And people still need to sell products to have a job to build a garden. So we're trying to, even, even the people who are, showcasing their products are aware of the theme and they're aware that they need to put their best foot forward from a green perspective as well. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, from your perspective as a garden designer, obviously you'll take something from you know the, the last number of, of seminars and, and obviously this one to and I, I, next week's episode of the show actually is about garden trends coming from the U.S., um, it was recorded a couple of weeks ago, and it's really interesting because, to be honest, there's not that much difference in the trends. I, I yeah. thought it'd be interesting to talk to somebody in the US, and it was. But what's really interesting is that there's very little difference, with the odd exception, between what's happening here in yeah. terms of what people are looking for, what people are are seeking out, and what's yeah. happening over there. So that's interesting. But definitely, over the last number of years, we're seeing, I suppose plants coming to the fore of garden designs there was a period uh, maybe 10 maybe 15 years ago where architecture within gardens um was sort of more prominent the harder aspect of it and it seems to me that over the last number of years the softer element the plant element has come forward a lot is that is that what you're seeing and how do you think that will continue to evolve as we go along is that what i'm seeing I mean, it's 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 really hard to say because the gardens that I design are very different in size. So um, when it comes, if you have the space, obviously there's an awful lot of people that want to have space for food. Yeah, they want to have space for entertaining. It's the usual gambit of making room for the dog and the trampoline and the washing line and the outdoor barbecue and the. Um, it's the usual gambit of that, but in in terms of trends and planting, I, I, I think um, clients are a lot more educated. They're a lot more educated about what they want. Okay. Um, they're um, they're no longer embarrassed to have a garden designer. You used to be perceived as having notions if you had a garden designer. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being accused of having notions. <laughs> Um, so they, they, that discomfort is gone, which is good for the industry. Yeah, so there's a better appreciation for employing um, 
the likes of a garden and landscape designer just to get it right mm-hmm. from the offset. Um, there's certainly a lot more respect for keeping trees, keeping them and pruning them properly as opposed to taking them out. So there's a lot more respect for keeping that. Um, and then there's much more of an awareness of being water-wise about planting and gravel, about using water butts, about, you know, planting appropriate planting for um, for drought and for heat. Um, so I'm seeing that we're able to grow a lot more things like figs and olive trees, which they're, they're succeeding really well because of the increase in the, the temperatures, particularly in the East Coast. Yeah. I find yes. the style of planting is changing in line with um, people are still sadly paving over their driveways, which is adding to the flooding. So I'm on a one-woman mission to try and get people to stop paving over their driveways and reclaim that as spaces for, for planting and trying to get your electric vehicle um, in the driveway, but not cobblocking the whole thing. Um, it's really varied about the trends. Um, yeah. One thing I have noticed is the return of the pond. Yeah, because we, well, here in Ireland anyway, I know ponds and, the, you know, the whole pond element is huge in the UK. Um, most most gardens have one. Mm-hmm. And here it took a little bit of a spurt about 15 years ago and then faded Badly, but it's good to hear that they're back because they're back. Yeah, I think I think there was a bit. It's the flat roof mentality. Oh no, flat roof's gonna leak. It's the same. <laughs> as, it's the same as the ponds. Oh no, they're gonna leak. So I think people are over that. Right. Same aluminium windows. They've realised that the tech has moved on. So the pond is back, which is brilliant. Yeah, and um, and they were a great addition, I think, to any garden. Huge fan ponds. Um, in all shapes and forms. So they're back, which is brilliant. And they're going in right this time. <laughs> good. That's good. Uh, and actually, I, I said that, you know, it, it had gone away from buildings. But one of the biggest trends over the last few years has been the outdoor room, I suppose, it, where people have the space for the, the barbecue. Yeah. So I, I yeah. slightly contradicted myself there a little bit. But I think what I meant was the planting, that the planting seems to have changed definitely to more pollinator friendly yes. um, planting over the last few years. Um, yeah. Definitely. It's still hard, though, to get across that uh, a hanging basket of petunias as, is like bereft of anything for pollinators. It's still I, I, I think I end up quoting the pollinator plan more than I should. I should be on commission, but like <laughs> trying to get something in that has a bit of food, even just trying to get people to get their dandelions to flower. Yeah. And it actually comes back to what we were saying on the theme of the, the seminar it's trying to get people to be a bit less uptight about keeping everything under control and letting the dance flower and only cutting the grass every six weeks and letting the clover come up and making letting things be a bit wilder and having kind of, I suppose, being conf- confident enough to do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of within the, the theme of, I suppose, trends and the uh, the seminar as well, like the wildflower meadow concept, um, really did gain traction 
but without the knowledge that it shouldn't be done on soil that's got any nutrients in it. It should be on depleted soil. Um, so it's kind of getting getting that over the line with your clients. That's the job of a garden designer is to or meadow bush. We got to do it slightly differently because your your soil's too fertile. Or let's do it this way, maybe. Let's do it with bulbs and other ways. Yeah. Um, take a slight step back for a second, if you don't mind. Okay. You're talking about driveways, and you're a. I think you said you're a, a one woman mission to uh, get get rid of paved driveways. Just throws out a few concepts. So if someone didn't pave or tar or concrete their driveway. What kind of concepts are are you putting forward, you know, that's uh, as replacements, basically? Because it's always an interesting one. Um, yeah. So people, you know, in rural Ireland, for example, um, mm. you put down the gravel, looks lovely for a couple of years. Then you get the weed problem that's very hard to get rid of. Uh, so that's one element of it. Or you go with tar and you're constantly fighting with moss on top of it. Mm. Um, or you go with concrete and it looks drab all the time. And yeah. obviously you have the flooding issues, particularly if you're in an urban area. Uh, and again, it needs to be cleaned up and down. So again, it'd be interesting to hear some kind of possible alternative options. There's, there's, there, is there a magic option? Um, yeah. I suppose if you, if you take an average urban garden, um what what really upsets me is when the whole thing is is paved over to get the two cars in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of short term as to not are we still going to have two cars in the city down the line. Maybe it, kind of if you looked at your driveways being something that was permeable and you use more permeable surfaces so that all of that rainwater isn't off the cobble into the drains and our so first of all looking at more permeable options and then do you really need the whole thing to be paved for the sake of no maintenance when there is no such thing as no maintenance wouldn't it be better just to maybe have a section for gravel in the car and your bicycles and your bins and put in some trees and shrubs mm-hmm. and make it really pretty um is there an option as well in urban gardens? There's plenty of places where the sun actually either comes up or sets in the front garden, but people don't sit in their front garden yeah. for some reason. And when I'm I'm in Dublin 8, um, and I would sit in my front garden, that's where it sets. I'll have a gin and tonic and talk to the neighbours in the front garden. Um, and it's the idea that you can make your garden green and beautiful and make the whole street greener as a result. But this is an urban context we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, you have to be practice, practical in a rural setting where the driveway is much bigger. So you can't fight the moss and you can't really fight the weeds, but you can lay gravel properly on a core stabilizer um, that's got a weed membrane below and that honeycomb that stops it from moving and that'll stop. And then at least the weed seeds are only germinating in the gravel and they're easy to pull up. They're not coming up from below. And then plant as many trees as you can. Yeah. 
It's an interesting concept. So just to go back to the conference for a second. So maybe tell us and tell people all about, you know, where they can find out more information about it, where they can buy tickets. I'll put the links in the show notes anyway, um, but maybe just direct people to the website and so on. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. All right. So if you're interested in finding out more about um, the upcoming seminar, go to gldae.ie. There's um, there's loads of information on our website. Um, you also have an opportunity to sign up for we do um, we do a frequent newsletter. You don't have to spend any money. Just give your email and we give you updates via um, our uh, our newsletter. Um, and then the, oh, what else? The seminar, it's on the 25th of February in the Crown Plaza Hotel in Santry. And there's a range of different options. So there's a member's rate for 95 euros, non-members 125. Students are 60 euros, but you get a year student membership with that. Very good. And there are benefits. You get Compass Magazine with that. And Friends, 145 plus a year's subscription. And you also get Compass, which comes out twice a year with your friend uh, annual subscription as well. So there's loads of different priced options available. It includes lunch. And you don't have to be within the industry. You can be a really keen, interested gardener or just interested in the topic and come along. Yeah, brilliant. It sounds it sounds like a really interesting seminar, as I said. Um, yeah, I think it's it's following on the team, as you said, of of what went on last year. And it, I do think it's a brave it's a brave choice, but it's probably a needed choice. And I think that will, you know, it'll open conversations, it'll open people's minds a little bit. And it will over time, I think, start start to, I suppose, create a level of change that's probably necessary and needed. Um, so yeah. I think it's it's a really, really brave choice and a really good topic uh, for this year's seminar. So it sounds very, very interesting. Um, Saturday the 25th in the Crown Plaza Dublin Airport, I put all the links in the show notes anyway. Um, but And your own practice, Ingrid, is Ingrid, Ingrid Smith Garden Designs. Yeah, yeah. And Smith with a Y. <laughs> Smith with a Y, and you'll find if you're on the GLD website, you'll find Ingrid and all the other designers there, and mm-hmm. and I think links links back to all of their websites as well. So, yeah. um, that's a good place to start if you're if you're looking for a garden designer or looking to, you know, learn a bit more about how you would go about getting your your garden designed. Um, so yeah, it's as I say, a really interesting chat, uh, really interesting topic. I, I think that's going to be a very good day, uh, very interesting day. And Ingrid, thank you very, very much for coming on Master My Garden podcast. Great. Lovely talking to you, John. Um, we might see you at the seminar. <laughs> so that's been this week's episode. A huge thanks to Ingrid for coming on. Um, really interesting chat. Uh, apologies there. The line broke a little bit in, in places. Um, but as I say, the topic of the GLDA seminar, Letting Nature In, and I think there's some really interesting speakers there, and I think everybody will get a lot from it. It's it's a really interesting choice, and I think it's going to it's going to cause people and and I suppose get people to start to think uh, about letting nature in a lot more, which I think can only be good. So that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and until the next time, happy gardening. Mm-hmm.